What up, what up, everybody? It's Tidal Purgatory, and I'm one of your hosts, Molly. Hello, y'all. It's me, Blair. And today we are talking about, well, here's the fun thing. Blair will be teaching you and me. And myself. And herself about sharing. I'm very excited. Is sharing caring? Yes. Is it necessary? Blair, necessary Blair, has dose children, has two kids. I have one kid. So obviously I am very invested in my son. Whatever being a good sharer means is very important to me because I don't want that stigma of the only child who gets everything he wants or who comes into the world entitled or whatever, which is a stupid cliche that people talk about. I'm sure it's true of other kids too who have 12 siblings. But there is something out there about, you know, only children, whatever. And so it's really important to me that he's like a good kid, you know? I concur, Molly. I, in reading this, I only read one article because there is a book that is by Heather Schumacher. She's the author of this book called It's Okay Not to Share and Other Renegade Rules for Raising Competent and Compassionate Kids. And Usually in our research, we like, you know, pull from many sources, but I was so enthralled by the gems this woman was dropping that I just stuck with this. And I got to tell you, I'm always like sharing is caring. Even as I grew up, as I raised my children, sharing is caring. It is what you have to do, right? Let me tell you this. Miss Heather Schumacher has made me think completely differently. Okay. Did you order that book? I'm about to. I'm about to. (laughs) It's like, I'm not going to lie. My head's a little bit spun due to this article. And I think a lot of it comes from the people pleaser in me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like the societal rules of being a woman that I've followed for so long. Yep. You know what I mean? Of like deeply ingrained that... Even though all of this makes sense, it's still to me like to put my foot down or to teach my children to put your foot down and say, no, thank you, or I'm not going to, or I'm not comfortable with that still is like shaky territory for me. It's understandable. Yeah. Right. It's tough. Anyway, people pleasing. People pleasing is really it's a personality trait. It's so real. It's not bad. Mm -mm. I'm a people pleaser. It's not bad at all. It's just interesting and very challenging sometimes to navigate when standing up for yourself, Mm -hmm. when establishing your agency over your life, when creating appropriate boundaries for yourself. Yes. And how to do it early on. And this is what this book, this article, this article I pulled from PositiveParentingSolutions.com. And they are talking about this book by Heather Schumacher. But it's all about practicing it. Mm -hmm. We have to practice it. I think that like so much, as we've said before, you know, we think that we're inherently ingrained, evolved into knowing certain things. And we look to our kids like, you should know better. And they don't. How could they? How could they? And what was beautiful is like how this article starts is they say, kids are natural born curious collectors. Sharing is taught. Mm -hmm. It's not natural. They're curious collectors. They're curious little hoarders because their brains are like, look at all this stuff. 
Look, look at this <gasps> stuff. Look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? Isn't it neat? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, kids. Your collection will never be complete. Never. Because there's a lot to collect. There's a lot of info, facts, images, and objects. And you don't have fins. And you don't have fins. And you'll be wanting fins your whole life until you get them fins. And then you realize that you should have just kept your feet because you're going to make your daddy mad. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. <sighs> what is sharing like for you and D-Man? Like, how do you navigate sharing in your household when you're out in public? What is it like for you? Well, first of all, he's uh, pretty... Great. <laughs> Good. You mean every, yeah, I don't know why it took me so long to come up with that word, <laughs> that gem. He's pretty great. And he, I think part of it is, or I hope, I like to think that part of it is our modeling of sharing, not only with him, but also with each other. My husband and I trading focus during conversations, being, you know, trying to emphasize what is important versus what isn't important. Like, oh, this is a made up example, but like, oh, I can't even think of it. I want to wear that scarf, but your dad took it. But that's okay because I want your dad to be warm and I have another scarf. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I try to do that narration thing where I just tell him about me, you know, working through my feelings of that. The biggest thing, of course, is like on the playground because we don't have another child in our house. Right. On the playground... On the bus with his three friends, he's like takes a van to school as part of the bus route. And it's sort of like checking in with him about that, about, oh, you're going to bring those Bakugan, but you only have two and you have three other kids in the van with you. So how do you, what's your plan to how everybody's going to get some time with each thing? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's kind of that. I will say this now that, yeah, yeah, now that he started school, a lot of it's out of my hands. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's so good about like, even just the other day, we had one... Aldi has these desserts that look like Oreo cookies, but the inside is peppermint ice cream. It's like a seasonal okay, thing. Come, come through, Aldi. But they're the size of Oreos. So really, you could have two, let's be real. Oh, cute. They look like they're in an Oreo container, but it's mint ice cream in the middle instead of cream. Yeah, it's great. So we had two left. I gave my husband one. I gave him one. And as he walked away, he turned around and said, Mama, do you want a bite before I walk away? Before I Oh, come on. Like, that's kind of him, though. He's very sweet. He hasn't been cut down too much by the harsh reality of the world around him so (laughs) so that's the good part but it is interesting that we don't have in our face all day every day i have an older sister Mm -hmm. so she and i were together all the time and we had to deal with the barbies who's gonna play with what barbie we were a barbie family Mm -hmm. i'm a barbie girl oh yeah i can't wait for that movie it's coming out yes it's gonna be good it's gonna be good it's gonna be really good but we had to deal with all that. And a lot of it was on our own mm-hmm. because it was the, you know, early 80s or whatever it was. And we did a lot on our own. We did a lot on our own, yo. <laughs> My parents were like, work it up. We're working on the yard or we're whatever, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great. And it taught us, you know, to be self-sufficient and to work stuff out. So I just hope that he's getting enough of that at school and from reinforcement at home. But yeah. I, that's good. I, I'm trying. But Blair, I was telling you about the party we went to recently and there was a little three year old girl there and he had one of his it's called Gujitsu. It's like wrestler type character, but it's filled with those beads like water beads. So you could squeeze it. and It goes. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. and it gets like misshapen. <laughs> um, it's filled with the bigger water beads. It's really fun. Uninterested in sharing it with her. This sweet three year old who just wanted to hold it. And of course, her mom saying, wait your turn. And I was like, she's not going to get a turn. She ain't going to get a turn. I can see it in his face. <laughs> and that was very recent. And I'm still wondering whether I handled it correctly by saying, 
okay, listen, you don't have to share if you don't want to right now. If that's off limits, that's okay. But you need to put it away and not play it in mm-hmm. front of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to like support the other mother who's also like a cool person. Support the other little girl like, all right, put it away and then figure something else out to play with that sweet girl who wants to play with you. You know, it's there's so many politics involved with sharing. That's the problem. Yes, that's exactly right, Blair. And everyone feels differently themselves as the parent about how to share. Yep. I'm nodding emphatically. Yes, absolutely. And then and then they also feel about how you're treating their child, how their child is feeling. That's why when I read this, I was like, this is cuckoo bananas. Cuckoo LaRue. And cuckoo, absolutely LaRue. They say in this article that we want kids to practice compassion and consider what other children might need or want. Sure, definitely. We ask them to share their toys and appease other children in the spirit of kindness and good manners. Of course. Mm -hmm. I do it with my kids. I'm like, and sometimes I'm not that nice about it. I'm like, share with your sister. Give that to your brother. Time's up. Let's go. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times I don't have time. I don't have time to referee. I did not go to college to be a referee. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. But this just in, there's a big difference between making kids share and encouraging kids to share. Oh, it's not a mandate. It's not a mandate. And according to Heather Schumacher, that distinction is critical. Okay. It's critical. It's right up there. Can you give me an example, Blair? Sorry to put you on the spot, but my brain is reeling. It's forcing them to share. Versus allowing them to have the control themselves over wanting to share or giving themselves. The- what do I say? What do I say? <laughs> Listen. I never know what to say, especially in that moment, like I was telling you. Don't worry. We're going to get into it. And Schumacher's makes a case that sharing should be genuine. It should be genuine. Oh, that's very true. That is very true. It's Right? It shouldn't be done begrudgingly or on demand. It needs to be self-inspired, right? Yeah. And its rewards play out long-term, not just in the heat of the moment of the playground. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, again, it's this idea of putting it into practice, like sharing things, yes, but also sticking up for yourself, standing your ground. I think the reason why I'm so like spun by this yeah is because i am in the thick with a six and three-year-old i am in the thick of referee zone right yeah and i'm constantly they don't they're good they don't argue much about you know but it's still like it's a daily thing yeah and it's very hard to be conscious and aware of (laughs) so much but it's really hard to be conscious of where, especially, I'm going to say it for me to, when it comes to my daughter, to be able to be like, yo, girl, like, put your foot down. And she's younger, too. So it's like, let them know. Right. Let's do this. Let's stand up for ourselves, you know? So I think that this is why this article, like, really, like, spoke to me. And just this topic, talking about this topic in itself, is just like, it just gave me a breath of fresh air. Because it's one of those things that I'm just like in the dark constantly about. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just brought something up something interesting because like I said, I had an older sister, but I didn't have an older brother. And so I'm wondering how you navigate that, not only emphasizing or um, encouraging her to st- truly stand up for herself and to set her boundaries and stick to them. Do you find yourself saying or teaching anything different to your six-year-old boy to 
encourage him to respect I do female boundaries I don't know how to say that like I do and I try to like I try to do it in a non misogynistic way like ladies first you know or she's a princess I try to stay away from that kind of stuff yeah just like stereotypical although I am the queen (laughs) (laughs) queen of the household but it's more of I try to speak to her and encourage her to put her foot down, to speak her mind, to be in her power in front of him Mm -hmm. to where I'm just like, I need him to observe this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to like instructing him or telling him, I'm just like, I'm going to show him how a woman is going to assert herself. Mm -hmm. It ain't easy. Yeah, it ain't easy. And at a certain point, because I know that my son has been bringing this home from school a little bit, too, which is like, that's a girl color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or I can't use that pencil at school. It has a unicorn on it. Um, All this stuff. So he's truly. Oh, what did he say the other day? I can't remember what it was, but something gender specific that I was like, oh, oh, I know. He said, I don't play with such and such very often a young girl at his school. I said, why not? He said, I don't really have anything to talk to her about. You know, you know, girls talk about different things. And I said, what do they talk about? And he goes, they talk about boys. (laughs) And I go, and of course it gets my, you know, what up? And I Irish. And I go, really? You think girls just sit around talking about you (laughs) and your people? (laughs) No, no, no. They're probably talking about their hopes, their dreams about NASA about soccer. They talk about a lot of different things. Was I defensive? Sure was. Sure was. Was Was it helpful? Probably Ah, not. ah, Okay. Okay. I'll work on it for next time. (laughs) Hey, we'll be right back with more on sharing. Is it caring or is it daring? Mm. Stick around. Find out. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Welcome back to Toddler Purgatory, where we're talking about sharing. Is it caring? Do we have to share? Do we have to make our children share? (laughs) 
And according to Heather Schumacher, the author of It's Okay Not to Share and Other Renegade Rules for Raising Competent and Compassionate Kids. We should have had her on, Molly. We should have had her on. As I was reading through this, I was like, look, <sighs> we should have reached out. I just posted on Twitter. and I didn't post on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll try and get her on. Yeah. All right. So what do we do instead of, you know, give it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. You're on the playground. Okay. Or when you have like the kid that's like, I want that or pulling it, especially for like little, little ones. Yes. What do we do? Okay. She says, don't force it. Forcing it teaches resentment and makes sharing annoying and disingenuous. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Sharing is about giving. It's about kindness. The problem is it's often wrapped with the idea kids have to oblige someone at a moment's notice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Yeah. That's it. Like, as soon as, and especially when you're in public, think about how many times you had a playgroup, you had a playground, you had a party, and a lot of eyes. A lot of eyes. And then that kid wants it, and your kid's been playing with it for a hot minute. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Give it. It's time. It's time. He's had it for 20 minutes. You can have it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give it to him. Give it to him. And then what happens? Your kid's looking at you. Sometimes we get into the tantrum. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we get into the the tears. Sometimes we get into the tug of war. Yeah. The meltdown time when your kid wasn't going to melt down. Wasn't going to melt down. Wasn't in meltdown town yet. She says your son's busy playing, either lost in an imaginary world or just minding his own business. I'm just minding my own business, mom. And suddenly asked to stop because someone wants the same toy. Why? This child doesn't learn to be generous. He just learns that sharing feels bad. Mm. Sharing means, uh, what's that called? A deficit in your life. A deficit. You had something and now it's gone. It's gone. And then next time I'm in this space or next time I'm in this situation, what's going to happen? You're going to hang on to that toy tighter because I know what's coming. You know what I'm also going to do? Hide. I'm going to hide. I'm going to hide. You know what else I'm going to do? If you need me, I'll be under the dining room table. <laughs> I'm going to spit in someone's face. Come near me. Oh, God. Come near me. Oh, no. She says, plus in reality, it's the parents who are sharing, not the kids. Because <laughs> I don't want that other mom thinking I'm a jerk. There it is. Whoop. There it is. It's the societal BS. Mm-hmm. It's the societal BS. Now she says, and I was like, oh, yeah, you got a good point here, girl. You got a good point here, girl. She's like, imagine as a, just like adults. We're on the playground, right? And a stranger comes up to you and you're busily engaged with your smartphone. And suddenly someone insists you hand it over. Maybe even taking it from you. I need to text a friend. Give that to me. <laughs> What would you do? You'd be like, excuse you. It would be like, but that's basically what's happening with our children. Yeah. It is tough, though, because in that comparison, it's more like a cell phone that you found at someone's party. (laughs) Like you were at someone's party. You're just like going through somebody's phone. And you're like, oh, I got a phone. (laughs) Oh, this is new to me. I'm going to play with this for half an hour. And then someone tries to take it. You're like, no. Because that's the thing is that this object very often in these social situations, it might be theirs. They might have arrived at the playground with it. Absolutely. But a lot of times it's like, ooh, this truck is here for everyone to play with in the sandbox. And now I get to play with it. And so it's very precious. It's my precious. It's my precious. Oh, also keep in mind this. This, these, like the first few things that we're talking about, it's actually for when you're playing like one-on-one, like in your home with a kid. Like a play date. Yeah, like a play date. Because she talks about... Uh, communal sharing. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Okay, so the second thing is, what do we do? How do we figure this out? 
She says, don't worry about placating an impatient child. Mm. <laughs> okay, I can do that. I can definitely do that. And how many times, especially like when you have multiple children in a home, like siblings, it's just, I know for me, like I said before, it's just like, please stop. I just want you to stop arguing. Remember two minutes ago when it was fine? That was great. Go back to that time. Yeah, that time's over. Yeah, that was amazing. Can we not do this? But instead you get like an impatient child children and it is, it's annoying. And you just want it to stop. Mm -hmm. It gets loud. And I don't like loud. She says that an impatient child needs to learn how to wait. That's t You know what? You hit on something earlier in the pod, though, too, about you're right. An impatient child does need to learn to wait, but it's hard to feel like it's your job to teach that kid that when it's someone else's kid and that someone else is in the room. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She says that learning to control behavior and express intense feelings appropriately is one of the main jobs of early childhood. Impulse control, waiting for a toy and not grabbing at it is vital to brain development and gets stronger through practice, right? And you're right. It's not your job to placate someone else's child for sure. Or to not placate them. Like that's the tough part for me. And obviously I have a hang up with people feeling, I don't know, not that I'm mothering their kids by any mean, but like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like that community thing of like, oh, what's yours is mine. What's mine is yours. With This is a community. We help each other. Oh, if I don't make my kid share his toy with this other kid who's screaming and crying, am I not a good community member or a like mom, mom member, member of the mom and parent and caretaker club? You know, it's like a funny thing. It's all about how I fear about how I'm perceived. <laughs> oh, is this a therapy session? Thank you so much for this therapy session. <laughs> well, I, it's so funny because like I'm with you on that, but I'm also on the other side of that where I'm just I don't care. Yeah. And I think it's also because I have two children that I'm constantly trying to like, again, referee, manage, you know, and I don't know. And there's that thing, too, where you don't know what this other child's home training is or the day that they're having or, you know what I mean? There's just so many factors that go into like someone else's child's behavior that I have to be like so hands off on. That's actually a good, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like, is the kid ha hangry? You know, like, does it need a snack? That's not for me to figure out. Yeah. So be gentle. Yes. So what I'm hearing is like, be gentle, but... Ultimately, that kid's situation is none of your business. Like, it's not your problem. No, it's not for you. Not your problem. Not for you to figure out. Great. And you can be, and I do try, and she says, it's all about your tone. Yeah, that gentle tone. Oh. That gentle tone, it's all about your tone. And I've had, like, moments where I've, like, had impatient kids. Of course. Run around. I've, I've had the impatient kid, right? I can take my tone with my child. However, I want to, you know, <laughs> but I've definitely just like, and you're funny, Molly, you know, like I occasionally like, oh, I'm having a bad day too. Right. Or, yeah. Oh, I love that toy too. Oh, I hate that. I have to wait for it. I hate when I have to, you know, like yeah, waiting's hard. Yeah. Waiting is so tough. Oh, I hate that. Right. It's all about that tone. Oh, but it's also not your problem. <laughs> And also maybe it is a moment to connect with the other parent too. Yeah. Like, even though it's like, could be a tense thing, it, maybe it is a little glance over and a little like, huh, because we are all in this together and 99.9% .9 of parents are going to be like, huh, back at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very true. It, or they could be like, give that toy to my child. Your child is being, listen. Yeah. You know me. I'm always like, I'm always on the other side of it. 
Like, um, hmm, mm hmm. What do you want? What do you want? What you, what, what, what are you gonna say to? What are you gonna say to my kid? What are you gonna say? You want? You got a problem with my kid? And meanwhile, I'm like, let's trade numbers. <laughs> my son actually has been getting into that because whenever I meet a parent who I like hit it off with, or even like have an idea that I might hit it off with, I'm always like. Do you want, like, I try not to be too pushy and not too forward, certainly in the beginning. But then if I really feel like we're vibing, I'm like, do you want to take each other's numbers or, or follow each other on Facebook? Because the kids seem to be getting along great. Code, I like you and I might be able to be friends with you and I'm going to take this opportunity and not miss it. Thank you so much. Code, do you like mojitos? <laughs> <laughs> there should be some universal parent code that just the undertone, like whatever it is, you look at them, and you say something like, how about that new Bluey episode? And you, everybody knows that that's code for what time can you have mojitos tomorrow? Like done. Yes. We should come up with that universal code. Yes. For sure. For sure. <laughs> okay. So we're on one-on-one. We're not worrying about the other kid. Mm-hmm. It is not our job to placate an impatient child, whether or not it's yours or the other person's. <laughs> okay. Got it. And don't force it. Don't force it. We're not forcing. Oh, yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. She says, emphasize child-led turn-taking. That's a good idea. Great idea, right? Encourage your child to say, you're welcome to play with it when I'm finished. Yo, your kid's like, let me break it down for you. Listen, it is not my duty to placate your impatient self, sir, ma'am. I can only definitely imagine a two and a half year old saying that. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> That's great. So teach him or her that, like give them maybe that script. You know what? We always talk about Blair. Do that role playing at home. Do the role playing. And she says it too. She says, do the role playing, encourage it at home, practice it at home. And it is important that child directed turn taking is used because it emphasizes positive yet polite assertiveness. I love it. I love it. I love it. Positive yet polite assertiveness because you can be polite and Assertive at the same time. Yes. And if it doesn't work, take away the polite <laughs> and just be assertive. It's, exactly. Exactly. Because it's, it's not your job to placate an impatient person. I just wish I knew this as a child. I wish I knew this as a kid. I wish I knew this as a girl in high school, a woman in college. You know what I mean? I think that that's like the undertone of all of this is that as I'm reading this, I'm like, God, all of this makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. And I just wish that I knew that my tone could have set up my protection for myself. And that all I had to do was just like, be assertive. That's it. That's it. Yes. Keep whatever society tells us we as women or, you know, people who are living as women have to be, whether that's soft or funny or make everybody comfortable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we can take that and a, either A, check it out the window or B, combine it with that assertiveness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she says that we can encourage kids through child-directed turn-taking to respect themselves and establish limits. Yeah. Simply do that. She says, how many of us as adults have trouble saying no to things that we don't want to do or commit to? Oh, uh, uh. yep. Okay. Okay, Heather. <laughs> I do feel like I only learned that in the last, like... Oh, for sure. 20 years. I'm in my mid to late, late 40s, and I feel like it took me a long time to learn that. Oh, so I'm still, still. Yes. Instead, we can increase fair treatment and satisfaction by allowing children to make their own sharing choices. To help a child desperately wanting a turn, you could teach them to ask courteously, can I please have a turn with that when you're done? Mm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> 
That's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. And you just tell your kid to practice that. Yeah. If your kid's having a moment at the playground, pull them to the side. Take a deep breath. What do we say in this? Let's practice again. Remember what we did the other day? Let's practice that again. Yep. Yep. I know. Get down on their level. I know you're frustrated. I know you want that. To- I get it. I totally get it. I've been there. I've been there. I know it. But right now, we have to wait our turn until they're done. And they'll finish eventually. They'll let you know. Yeah. Yeah. They'll let you know. It's okay. Mm. What can you say to them? Instead of use your words. Yeah. What can you say to them? Done. Oh, okay. My son would just look me dead in the eye and scream, give it to me. And I'd be like, that's not what. (laughs) Okay, let's go over it again. We will be right back with more sharing. Is it caring? (laughs) Stick around. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're, Amy, more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, Mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, y'all. We're back with sharing, uh, making our kids share. But we're not going to do that anymore. We're not going to make them do anything. We're not making them do that. We're not making them do that. No, we're not. We're not forcing it. Why would we attach that to the beautiful act of giving and sharing? We're not going to do that anymore. Got it. Okay, what else are we not going to do slash do? (laughs) (laughs) So much. She says that this is important, too, is that when you say, you know, can I please have a turn with that when you're done? The when you're done part of the phrase is key because it reminds everyone that turns last until the turn taker is done. And you think it's going to be an hour. Like as a kid, do you remember that? When you were a kid? Oh, everything took forever. Oh God, five minutes was an hour. Like, forget it. Yeah, so you think in your, these kids, like that's where I think part of this comes from is the fear that their turn will never come. Yep. You know, but that, it's like we have to instill in them the trust that don't worry, Little Jimmy who has that toy that you want or whatever is either going to get bored because little Jimmy has a short attention (laughs) span. Sure does. Or he'll honor your request. Can I have a turn with that when you're done? Mm -hmm. Just let me know when you're done, right? And then what can we do in the meantime? Play with a different toy. Go play with a different friend. By the time your turn comes around, you might be over it anyway. Yep, exactly. But it's as a child, it's so hard because every minute feels like an eternity that you're waiting for that precious something that meant nothing to you before will mean nothing to you later. But in that moment, it's the most important thing in the world. It's zero to 100 every day. Every day. Every moment. Every moment of every day. My gosh. <laughs> Listen, Heather makes a really, I don't know if I would do it because I'm just not that person, but she makes a suggestion of making a waiting list and taking it to the playground. 
take a clipboard, head to the park with a notebook or a clipboard for all the kids to see. And when they finish their turns, they can cross their names off the list. Okay, Heather. I'm not mad at it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not mad at it. I don't think I would do it. I'm not mad at it. (laughs) Also, I think some kids are like, what the heck is this? Like, I don't know how to spell my name. What are you (laughs) I don't know how to read. You're just going to have like terribly drawn dinosaurs on it by the end of the day. No names. (laughs) Or like misspellings of adult words, which is what my son is into right now. Yes. It's really funny. (laughs) And then the other day he spelled a very strong adult word correctly and i immediately had a panic response Uh oh i went and i it's on a post-it on the wall he writes it on a post-it and it sticks it on the wall we think it's hilarious until he has started spelling them correctly now and i just found myself i ripped it off the wall and i had to stop myself from laughing because it's also (laughs) hilarious i rip it off and i go and i look at him and i have i can feel the corners of my mouth twitching and i was like okay you can't write it (laughs) and he goes i thought i just couldn't say it Smart. I was like, oh, oh, you got me. Okay. You got me there. Got me. I said, well, add it to the list. You can't write it now either because now you're writing it correctly. And he looked kind of proud. And I was like, good for you, buddy. Good for you. Ah, jeez. Nug it up. So we don't have to necessarily. I mean, listen, if that's your thing, if it's a I know that like there's a gang of kids at our playground that comes at a certain time like right before dinner that's a good point we and it's like it's our nightly thing and they all know each other so yeah why not i can definitely see you know my husband take because i don't do playgrounds my husband taking you know a list down there put your name on the list especially like you know whenever you go into the playground someone brings like a thing that everyone wants to play with oh yeah even sometimes it's just a bouncy ball but nobody else has one no one has one yeah or a bubble gun yeah something really yeah. Cool and special. You have a good point about that list option as well. In my head, I was like, are you going to have a clipboard next to every toy in the sandbox? And I think now that I'm wrapping my mind around it, it's really more about like, you know how they have like the spinny dinosaur and it fits one kid? Oh, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like the thing that every kid wants to be on and it fits one or two kids. This wouldn't be like a merry-go-round, although maybe it's who's pushing the merry-go-round if that has become a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a position of authority or a position of in the hierarchy. But yeah, it is something like... Oh, yeah. When you guys are done on a spinny dinosaur, cross your name off and then yell out the next name. Tabitha or whatever. Yeah. Listen, that's more for parents than anything else. Right. Yeah. So that the parents don't have to be on top of that stuff all day. No, thanks. Yeah. And you can just like keep it copacetic and peaceful at the playground. You know? Yeah. I think it's a cool tool. I think it's a cool tool for your tool belt. Okay, she gets into communal sharing in public spaces, right? So if you are... Okay, which is kind of what we've gotten into, yeah. Yes. So it's like if you are in a public space, you know, I'm thinking like at a museum, at a festival, you know, where you have to like wait in line for certain things and you get the, you know, you get your, your kids getting a little impatient, that kind of thing. She says that... These are situational nuances. And with our help, kids learn over time. But we have to explain why sharing changes based on circumstances, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's some like sample phrases, right? So the climber is for is designed for everyone. So the climber, like, you know, like the wall climber, the climber is designated for everyone. So everyone gets a turn there, right? There are many kids here today. So we need to take fast turns to be considerate towards others. That's hard, too, because, you know, you, they want to linger. They want to linger. But because it's a cool thing that they've been waiting 30 minutes in line for. Ugh, that's a tough one. But that's a good. Yeah. Good reinforcement of, hey, in this situation. Yes. 
we have to take a fast turn. Take a fast turn. To be thinking about other people's feelings. Yeah. Exactly. She says at home, you could take a long turn. Here, it's different. And we're okay with that. Your turn's over. But if you want to do it again, you need to line up and wait for another turn. Mm-hmm. Just like simply putting it. Yeah. Simply putting it down and letting them know. She has this one thing that she talks about that I was just like, mm, I don't know about that, Heather. I love that you're on first name basis with her. Oh, totally. She says that even long turns are okay. And she has this whole section on it. And she said, here's the whole hard truth. If your child determines the length of his turn, it might be a few seconds or a few hours. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Like, if we're sharing, like... If I got you over at my house with my kids, like, my kids aren't going to take hours to play with something. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know. So wait, what is she saying? So she's saying be okay with that? Yeah. She says no one else will get a turn, you might worry. Won't that be rude? She says absolutely not. Long turns are completely reasonable. Continued focus play allows kids to hone their interest, practice skills, and work on concentration. Agreed, Heather. That's true. That's true, yeah. It signals a great attention span rather than forcing kids every few minutes to think, okay, what's next? Fair. So what is she saying? She's saying let them self-determine the length of their sharing their turn. And that's okay. And also, they may never give the toy up. Yeah, she says kids also take longer turns when they anticipate for sharing. Oh, okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. They hold on to toys just to stay in control. She ain't wrong. Fair. She ain't wrong. Or they may be testing you. Let's go to the park. You can play with your toys all afternoon. So she's saying don't say that? (laughs) I'm confused. (laughs) What? Are we supposed to be like, yeah, take as long as you need, babe. Take as long as you need. If your child hoards toys just because she's likely doesn't trust, you'll follow through. Oh, so in other words... She's saying, so this is, she's sort of telling us the repercussions of force sharing right now. Yeah. That if you force share now, your kid's going to take longer, monumental turns later, and it's going to make your life H-E double hockey sticks. Start easing now into, I think that's what she's saying, right? Is the repercussions of this are that your kid could go two hours just to spite you. Just to spite you. Or just to spite, yeah, just to spite the situation that she, the situation that they know that. Horde, 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 horde. That I know that this is about to be taken away from me. Yeah. Watch this. Yeah. (laughs) You know? So I was like, okay. But I also feel like, I mean, the community lover in me is like, my kid's not going to hoard a toy for two hours. I'm not going to let them do that, especially if other kids want to play with it. Then I might just force them to do it. I I know. I'm just going to force them to. Because you can't. Who was it that we... Uh, probably Busy Toddler. I love the Busy Toddler Instagram site. Mm-hmm. But somebody said something about, oh, maybe it wasn't Busy Toddler. Somebody I follow or popped up in my one of my feeds said that she brings an egg timer everywhere. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's Which I great. thought was an interesting thing. And so if your kid is having a challenge, this is just off the top of my head, but, and I don't know if it's going to work. Hey, let's try it out and see what happens. Yeah, why not? If you have an egg timer or another kind of timer... I use my phone a lot, of course, for a timer. I use my phone. Mm-hmm. It gives kids a visual to how much time they have left. Because one minute to them means the same as 25 minutes. Like, they don't get it. Especially the our, our little guys, right? Our two, three, four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. So if they have a visual aid to help them see, as well as you saying, hey, this is your one-minute warning. Okay, buddy? And after one minute, you can hand me the toy or I can take it from you. <laughs> or that kind of thing. And that gives you a little visual. I got to tell you. We have this, uh, it's called Little Timer. Yeah. 
Was it on your phone? And it's on my phone. I'm showing Molly this right now. It's like a little egg. Cute. Oh, it's, it's an egg. It's literally an egg. This is what happens. So I'll speed it along. The egg cracks, right? And then when it's done, this is what it does. Wait for it. Hey, 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 get it, get it. And I got to tell you, my kids love to dance to it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. (laughs) So I say, as soon as your time's up, it's up and we have a dance break. Okay, this is the best thing I've ever heard. It's called Little Timer. We'll put the the link in the show notes because that is hilarious. It's pretty hilarious. Oh my gosh, that's great. So give your kids a little bit of, I don't know how to say it, not respect, but a little bit of like, okay, if we start now with not for sharing, yes. then they won't have that panic, that hoarding panic that yep. their toys are going to be taken away from them on play dates. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do have that anyway, even though we're laying off the forced sharing thing, maybe you can, there is a tool that might work for your family. One might be little timer like Blair has, and you can have a little dance party. Dance party. The funny thing was, she was describing the graphic when the egg cracked, it was a cat. <laughs> yeah. The first sound you hear is a moo. Yeah, it's crazy. And then sometimes it's a dinosaur, sometimes it's a pig. Come on. It can be anything. That's the thing. And that's why they love it because it's like it cracks. It's like, what's it going to be? And make it fun. Make it fun. And then also, it's like important to, like Heather Schumacher says, is to give them the words. Like, I'm not done playing with this yet, but you are can have a turn as soon as I'm done. Yes. And practice that. Yes. And it's all about your tone. It's all about how you're communicating it to yeah. your kid. That is great. I love that. So that my biggest takeaways are, and I think that we're already kind of doing this and I'm just going to kind of lean into it more, which is to do no force sharing. Gosh, I have to be honest with you. I think I remember when my son was two or three, I think at one point I broke, and I knew it was a rule as I was breaking it, but I had reached my breaking point. I took a toy out of his hands. That happens, yeah. I took it right out of his hands and gave it to whomever was next on the mental list or whoever Mm -hmm. wanted it, who I was trying to placate their impatience. And I feel like this is a good, you're right, it's a muscle. It takes practice. So we're going to practice staying calm, remembering that it is not our job to placate somebody else's kids' impatience or our own kids' impatience. Mm -hmm. And teaching them, giving them the script to, you know, in an empathetic way, be able to hold their own boundaries. Yes. To teach them positive yet polite assertiveness. I love it. I love it. My takeaways are all of those, especially polite assertiveness. It's all about your tone, which I have to remember a lot of the times. Heather Schumacher, get the book. First of all, that's on my list. And she says, time doesn't matter to kids, but fairness and consistency mean everything. Mm. Right? Fairness and consistency. Fairness and consistency mean everything, but time doesn't matter. Time means nothing to these children. They don't know anything about time. They don't know anything. Two hours, two weeks. Never. They have no idea. Either way, they're going to waste it. (laughs) (laughs) And she says, to share is to care when you're ready and when it feels fair. (gasps) To share is to care when you're ready, when it feels fair. Uh, Oh, come on. I don't know. This one got me, Mal. Well, like you said, you're in it. I'm in it. And these really do help. And I really hope that it helps other parents out there who are in constant referee zone or, you know, you have those issues on the playground or at school or whatever. Like, I hope that this helps and it gives you the encouragement 
to know that it's in your hands and it's in your kids' hands and you have the tools to give it to them to like handle for themselves. Start now. Start it now. Start now. Practice that. Yeah. Practice. Yes. Thank you, Blair. That was awesome. We'll put the links to the book and to Little Timer. Little Timer. In our show notes. And if you could rate or review our show wherever you listen to podcasts, that'd be great. But especially, we want to thank you for being here and we hope to see you next time. Take it easy. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist, Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health, which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.